Hi, listeners. Welcome back to the Absolutely ADHD podcast. Hi, everyone. Hi, Alan. How are you? Hi, I'm good. How are you? They're going to think my name is actually Alan. I know. I always, I'm not even kidding. I hype myself up before we do this intro and I'm like, it's Alana. It's Alana. And I seriously have not called you. I, I don't even call you Alana to my family or my friends. No, I know. They'd be like, who's Alana? Yeah, but you real. guys, podcasters, you guys have to call me Alana. Only Sam can call me Alan. <laughs> How are you? I'm good. Yeah, I've been away, which mm-hmm. is, as everyone knows, like very tough to get back into the groove of things. Like, I definitely feel like building routine is really difficult for me. So coming back from a vacation or like time away is just double difficult. Yeah. My eating has been off and weird and either I'm not eating enough when I should be eating and then I'm eating way too much to compensate for not eating enough when I should be eating. And it's honestly a cycle. Yeah, it is such a cycle. And like, it's difficult for me to focus when I think it's a sensory thing, but when my body doesn't feel right, like it's impossible for me to focus on anything else. Like that's all that you feel. Yeah. Like when you're wearing a sweatshirt that's too tight. Remember that one time that we both had to pause the podcast to go change our sweatshirts at the same time? Is that what you were going to say? Yeah, I was like, this podcast is going terrible. It's definitely because my sweatshirt's restricting. Yes, exactly. It's because when I put my arms out, the sleeves go too far up. <laughs> but the people who get it, they get it. So today I'm excited. Tell me how you are. I'm good. Um, a little, actually very overwhelmed with life right now, which what a perfect time to talk about thinking traps and like ruminating and the fact that us ADHDers struggle with this a lot. A good as time as any. <laughs> that was a weird way to say that, but you guys know what I mean. <laughs> what I want to start off by just explaining is like what are thinking traps, what are cognitive distortions? And so a cognitive distortion is the way that our mind convinces us that something is true when it's not. And it's yeah. typically, this feeds into our anxiety and causes us to us to ruminate and all that fun stuff. So there's one right off the bat that I struggle with that I know that you're going to get to. So mm-hmm. I'm pretty excited. Say it. Go for it. Okay. And you think that everyone is mad at you when they're not. You always think everybody's mad at you. I really, really struggle with that, like to a level where it's difficult for me to drink because the day after, obviously everyone knows alcohol is a depressant. And so having what we refer to as like the Sunday scaries, the day after you drink like heightened anxiety is normal, like that's expected. But what happens to me is I like will ruminate over the things that I said And I'm terrified all the time that I've pissed someone off. And the funniest thing about it is you've never even come close to pissing anyone off. Like I, I, it's so valid, but like, you're so not like that. No one would ever be mad at you. And that's when I think that the term like thinking trap is such a good term because once that ball starts rolling, it's nearly impossible for me to not get caught up, you know, like not think about it. No, it's, it's so impossible. And so that's what I want to talk about. Like, first of all, why this is such a challenge for us people with like ADHD brains. Um, We know that we have super busy brains, meaning like we have all these thoughts, like a million thoughts coming a mile a minute all the time. So while everybody has some of these like negative thoughts and like overthinks at times, it makes sense that people with ADHD have these thoughts a lot. Yeah. And not only that, 
but because we hyper-focus, we fixate on things and we also struggle with like regulating certain emotions. It also makes it so much harder to let go of those thought patterns. It's, you know, and I think a little bit of that too is like, I'm like, okay, no one has ever been mad at me in the past. So I should lean on that as positive examples that no one's mad at me right now. But then I think, what if now is the one time that someone is, you know, like it's so difficult to, to, to rationalize your way out of it. Well, that's the thing in the moment they feel so true and we hold on to these pieces of information and our brain also mistakes like ruminating and like overthinking as a way to be in control. And so it, it, it thinks it's like helping and helping us be more in control of the situation when actually it's just contributing to way more anxiety. Yeah. Like, let me think about the worst case scenario and make a plan for the worst case scenario, because then if it happens, I'll have a plan, you know, like that makes sense to me. But then when I'm in it, I'm like, the only person that is suffering right now is myself. It's just odd. It is. And because we're also not just making a plan for the potential situation. We're sitting there obsessing over it. Like it goes so much deeper than that, you know? So I want to go through and just name them. Yeah. Like these are, because I think that that would be really helpful for some of us. One of the things, I'll start with the one you were talking about mind reading, believing that you know what other people are thinking. Well, and then also I feel like I have worked very hard to understand people's body language. So sometimes I'm right. Most of the time when I'm like, is someone mad? And I don't ever know if it's at me or what it's about, but I know when someone is off. And so I fall into this trap of it has to be about me. It has to be my fault. Which... (laughs) Brings us to personalization. No, that's another... what, a, what a good segue. It's all it's all so intertwined though. And it, because that is what you're doing. You're like someone might be having something that's making them feel off, but us sitting there and deciding that 100% it's because of something that we did or because it's something that has to do with us, like that's where it's inaccurate. Yeah. Okay, so all or nothing thinking is the main one. I think this is definitely for ADHD is just such a significant one. Like feeling like, I think we struggle with this all the time, just that cycle of being like completely all in, like completely encompassed by something or just feeling like we can't do it at all. Yeah. And so it makes it difficult to realize that there's, there is a gray area. Totally. I think this is such a big topic, all encompassing topic. We've even had solo episodes about all or nothing thinking. Mm -hmm. You're so right. It's like, really helpful to list these out as separate categories, but I think it's also important for us to know that one does not happen without the other typically. Like all four of the ones that you're about to list, there's parts in of all of them in all of them. Definitely. And I know for me, it's just helpful seeing like, oh yeah, this thought that I always have actually belongs like to this category. Like it's very um, validating. Like if what we're seeking is control, you can't ever, I will never be able to control other people's emotions. So if I can understand where my thoughts and patterns are coming from, I'm not saying it'll be any easier to fix it. It'll always be hard, but I do think it offers a little bit more control over it if you can name it, you know? Definitely. And something that's always helped me is realizing that like that feeling of knowing exactly what people are thinking or knowing that it's not about me or no, like that feeling sometimes doesn't ever come. Like it's an unattainable feeling of knowing that no one's thinking this or does that make sense? Being able to at least name like that 
feeling of control that we want is just unattainable. It's a moving target. Like we'll never reach that. So the next one, overgeneralization. So coming to a huge conclusion based off one event. I think this is also like fixating on the worst possible outcome. Yes. Like when someone doesn't answer my text. Yes. That has to mean that I'm the worst person. to. That has to mean that they looked at their phone, saw my text pop up, and decided never to answer it. <laughs> I'm going to kill you. I will call Sam back and I will be like, I will never be mad at you in my life. Like, well, and I, there was a time when I was getting pretty good about understanding that some, I have to trust in my friends and my adult relationships. I feel like I do definitely keep coming back to the whole someone is mad at me thing. I'm so sorry. But it's such like an all income. Like I do feel like that feeling of wondering if everyone hates you really is a really good umbrella subject that has all four of these little subcategories that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. So it is such a pattern. Like you have to, we say this every episode, like this stuff, it takes work and it's a muscle that needs to be worked out. And I got pretty good at realizing the, I have to trust in my adult friends and my friendships that they will come to me if some, if they are upset. But lately, I don't know if it's my social situation or moving to a new city and meeting all of these new people. Like I just don't trust my gut like that anymore. Well, especially being in a new environment, like our brain is trying like to protect totally. us from the potential of any negative things. And so, like we said, we think that, like, I think our nervous system thinks that it's protecting us, but it's actually keeping us in that same anxiety spiral a lot. Longer. There's a lot of psychological, like scientific understanding and theories about like how your brain will protect you even because it relies upon previously proven patterns, not what's best for you in the future, but what has saved you in the past. And that's like not a helpful way to make progress on your mental health. So it's like difficult. We're battling a lot of uphill things. And with ADHD, we've talked about this almost every episode. There's so many things our whole life we've spent like trying to have people understand us or trying to like prove ourselves or trying to show that we actually do care and we're not lazy and we're not stupid, like all these things. And so this is exactly why I think we lean into these thought patterns so often. It's because a lot of times that has been what it's been like for us and just kind of always trying to protect ourselves, which is such a tough place to just be in the the emotions that we are experiencing like we experience them very strong like in a very strong way compared to a lot like people without ADHD and so I think this is why like for some people what might be just a passing thought of a negative thought or something like that might might just be that a passing thought mm-hmm. right but for us because of that emotional dysregulation like we hang on to it more and it's like it makes it really difficult to let go of that you know like this constant state of knowing that things could be easier but not quite knowing how to get there and knowing that all it does is take a little bit of time and practice and you know self-love but that like is Mm -hmm. not an immediate we talk about this a lot at that we I want that immediate gratification and that's not immediate gratification it's uncomfortable you know you want the immediate gratification of knowing that the thing that you're thinking or the thing that you're ruminating on isn't true but like i said sometimes that's just not attainable like i'll even ask people and they'll tell me no that's not true and i'm like well i don't believe you right <laughs> no even if we did have that answer we'd be like uh oh, no it's no it i'm right you're wrong 
No, it's true though. Um, the next one. So emotional reasoning, again, this goes into all them, but like believing that our negative feelings are facts. So just because we have a thought, we're recognizing that as 100% fact. I had an amazing therapist. She taught me or told me this one time, and I'm going to butcher it, but it stuck with me for years, which is your feelings are only one marker of your environment. Like if you're doing, if you're conducting a scientific study or tests, you don't do one test and then confirm your hypothesis. You do multiple, you know? So your feelings about things, it's important for sure, but they're only one marker of how you, how you need to operate throughout this universe. And I think we're done a huge disservice in our generation because we are told our feelings are very important and they are very important, but they are not the end all be all for everything. So sometimes I do think that being told all the time, how crucial our feelings are kind of cuts us off at the knees to have an objectivity about our feelings, you know? Definitely. You said that so well. Thanks. I felt really good about that. No, but that was, that's so good. And when we identify with those thoughts, like we're taking a thought and we're saying like, this is truth. Our brain is going to keep looking for evidence to support that thought. Yeah, it's going to keep confirming it. Totally. Yeah. I know that when I, like, for example, actually right now, so I told you I'm feeling overwhelmed and this area in front of me, like I have my notes kind of spread out crazy, like very unorganized depth sitting here and like, being like, oh, I'm so all over the place. Like, I'm so disorganized. I'm so overwhelmed. Like, that's so validated by this right now. And it's like, no, it's it could just be because I have a lot of paper in front of me right now. Yeah, if you pile all the papers in one stack, I'm sure you'll feel a little better. <laughs> I know, but in that moment, it really does. Everything you see is supporting that negative thought, which is so so hard. Totally. You can correct me if I'm wrong, please. But like from an outside perspective, I think what you struggle with more is imposter syndrome, which I feel like a lot of listeners can relate to, which is like, I don't deserve to be here. I should be doing all of this better. I wish I could do all of this better. Maybe someone else with more experience or, you know, for whatever reason could do all of this better. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Definitely. The imposter syndrome is so real. I do think it ties back to the fact that just like feeling that need to prove ourselves for so many years and everything. And then now I've realized that that imposter syndrome is going to show up in every single setting. Like there is never going to be an environment where I don't feel that imposter syndrome, like those doubts, that self-critical dialogue, all that stuff. It's always there. So like, this is also for me, it's helpful to be like, this is a little bit of how your brain play tricks on you. It's like recognizing that this is something that is always there. I just have to kind of work through it in these different settings. There's always going to be people that you look at and you're like, wow, they're doing so well. It just never goes away. And the thing is like, you can always find more of that. So if you know that your brain leaned towards like searching for those things, you just have to be able to name it because we can always find that. We can always find someone totally. who's doing better who's better you want to know what's so funny too is that I have no doubt that people look at you and they're like oh she's doing so well like how do people do that I was listening to this like Mel Robbins podcast which a client like told me to listen to and it was so good and then after I like found myself doubting myself because I wasn't as good as Mel Robbins Mel (laughs) Robbins (laughs) 
And it's like, okay, I think this is a little ridiculous. Like, obviously, I'm not as good as Mel Robbins. Yeah. I think that you're so right, though. If you name it, it takes all of the mystique and power away. I do think it definitely makes us more aware of how other people are feeling and just making sure that we're thinking about that. I think a lot of ADHDers years are a lot more empathetic. Totally. Like, making sure that I'm not making people feel uncomfortable where they'll leave our interaction and then worry about how I felt. seems like sometimes I'm the only person that's thinking about this. Like, why is no one else taking as much care with my feelings as I am with theirs? But at the end of the day, like, I always want to be the person that cared more. I think that's much better. I, I totally agree. But it is hard feeling like, why am I kind of the only one? Like, it's like, well, no one's like looking out for me in this way. Yeah. But I think, it's, you know, a fine line because we can overextend ourselves so much of trying to make sure everyone else is okay. And like, at some point we are only responsible for so much, yeah. you know, but I would not, like you said, I would never change that. Like being more aware of other people's feelings yeah. and more thoughtful of like how people might be perceiving something. And I feel like sometimes we get in, you and I especially get into this trap of like, why are we trying so hard? Like no one is trying that hard with us. But I think it it just goes back to the type, who do you want to be as a human being? And of course, all of this stuff is really difficult to deal with. Like the imposter syndrome and the wondering if everyone is mad at you and the emotional dysregulation and not being able to figure out what is true and what is false. And I think in the end of the day, you just kind of have to show up in the universe as the person that you want to be. And then everything else will work out, even if it feels like it's not working out. In terms of like, what are we even supposed to do? The first thing is we have to reframe this we do that by naming what is a thinking trap like when we're in it like just increasing our awareness of knowing in this kind of spiral right now this is what I'm thinking Mm -hmm. this is not necessarily mean that it's truth but this is the thought spiral that I'm in right now like first things first naming it being able to recognize when we're in it another thing is being able to add in the gray area maybe this is what I'm feeling right now is there other evidence to support (laughs) the others you know, possibilities of this. Let's say something happens at work and you get like a snappy email from someone or something like that. And it's so easy to then just be like, I'm terrible at this. My world is falling apart, like all this stuff. And so again, we just want to familiarize ourselves with like proving that information wrong a little bit. Like, okay, we know that this coworker actually says that I do a very good job at this. Like this is just one small detail. I have a very good example of that. Um, The other day I got, last week I got an invite, a work invite for a one-on-one with my boss out of the blue. It was terrifying. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I started to panic a little bit. And I was like, okay, I can either ask what the point of the meeting is, which is a totally valid question. I'm allowed to ask what the topic is. Um, Or I can sit here and spiral and worry that I'm the worst person alive. And I asked her and she was like, oh, I'm doing this with everyone. Don't worry. And that was such like an easy way to stop me in my tracks. And now next time I get a one-on-one invite, I'll still probably be pretty terrified that it's something terrible. But this time it wasn't something terrible. And I was able to ask about it in in an adult way. So I don't think every problem has such a clear solution like that. But, you know... I think looking for a solution is better than spiraling. Seeking out those other options of what it could be. Even if we don't believe them, just saying these are the other yeah, possibilities. Yeah, like theoretically, this could be a possibility. Even right. if I think it's l- unlikely. 
how often I got, I would be worried about like a boss or something like that, or they don't respond for like a few hours. And then like you talk on the phone and you're all nervous. And then they're like, yeah, what's up? Like they, <laughs> um, so really like seeking out if there's anything else we can, any other information we can use to like prove ourselves wrong or just to counter those negative thoughts. Yeah. Like even if we're not going to like lean in and be like, okay, this is what it is. No one's mad at me. At least bringing them to light. Like there's other possibilities. Yeah, recognizing that it is an option. Definitely. And then the biggest thing is recognizing that a thought can just be a thought. And this is like a very, a lot of people talk about this in therapy and everything, but like we don't, just because we're having a thought doesn't mean that it's true. We don't have to recognize that as a fact. It's a little bit of a process. So kind of decide where you're at. If you're like someone who's never been able to identify these thought patterns, like start there. If this is something that you are pretty aware of and you're like, see if you can go a little bit deeper and like do a little bit more of, you know, countering those thoughts with some other pieces of information that might. But most importantly, I really think no one is ever thinking of things the way that we are. I this actually almost a year ago with the whole, like, no one is looking at you in the gym the way that you worry about. No one is, I think this with clothes a lot. I will not leave the house unless everything is immaculate. And then I'll go outside and be like, you chose to wear that. I should not have worried so much. You know, like everyone is out here just kind of doing themselves. And <laughs> I'm, the, I'm the person in that story who you look at and you're like, you chose to wear that. That came off really mean. I guess my point is that I hold myself to such an unnaturally high standard. And then I go outside and I'm like, oh, I could have relaxed a lot. Like it doesn't have to be this hard all the time. Totally. Yeah. No No one cares about me that much. I know for anyone who does struggle with these thinking traps, anxious thoughts, rumination, you're not alone at all. This is something that so significant this is so prominent in this community it just is so you're you're definitely not alone i'll leave some more um helpful links in the description notes if you guys want to do some reading on your own thank you so much for like helping all of us put terminology to these really difficult feelings that we feel you're so cute of course i feel really grateful that you do all of this research for all of us and that you know you want to talk about it and i you know think that this is a really good example of sometimes it just is mental strength that you have to build up within yourself, but having a name for it, like being able to recognize where it's coming from and why it's happening is going to make it so much easier. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. And as always, if you guys are enjoying the podcast, take a screenshot, tag us. You can find us at absolutely.adhd. And yeah, we will talk to you guys next week. Thanks so much for listening. Bye. As always, thank you guys so much for joining us for this week's episode. You can find me on Instagram at Coaching by Alana, and you can find the podcast on Instagram at absolutely.adhd. Don't forget to like, subscribe, follow, write us a review so we can help share this information with more of you. As always, thank you so much for the support, and we will talk to you next week.